everybody said amen. All right. Like I said, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 12 and 1 Chronicles chapter 4. I always like to have you turn to something in the New Testament, something in the Old Testament. And this is the word that I have for all of us today, is we're in the second Sunday of this new year, 2023. Um, and I, this is my word for the year, and I'm going to give it to you. But this year, think possible. Look at somebody and say, it's possible. All things are possible with God. And I want you to go to Acts chapter 12. We've been in a series on, on Acts, going through the book of Acts, one chapter at a time. And as I go through a chapter, I always ask the, the Lord, I ask him, you know, as I'm reading this, Lord, show me something, have something jump out at me. And in Acts chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 5, there was something that jumped out at me. And this is, uh, just to give you a little backdrop here, Herod, King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. He also captured Peter, the apostle Peter. And so Peter is in, in prison as well. We're going to pick this up in verse 5. I'm not, I don't have him up there. I'm just going to read this to you. It says, So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying for, to God for him. It's always good to be a part of a church that prays for you. Amen. Verse 6, it says, The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. I love that Peter was asleep. I think I'd have been wide awake, <laughs> knowing that my head's fixing to be coming off. But he's, he's wide awake, or he's, he's fast asleep. But he's at peace. He knows God's got this. Whether you know, he gets delivered or not, he's, he's, he's with the Lord. And in verse 7, it says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off of Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, Put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision, so he thought he was dreaming. They passed the first and the second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people, this is where the church was at, had gathered and were praying. And Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. And verse 15 says, you're out of your mind, they told her. And when she kept insisting it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. When I read that, this is what the, I feel like the Holy Spirit spoke to me, was, Mark, how many times do you pray, and you know what to pray mentally, because you know the word, you know what to pray, but really, down deep in your heart, you're really not even believing what you're praying. I've been guilty of it. That's really not praying in faith. Uh, I, he, they were praying, and then when Peter shows up, they're like, oh, it can't be. It can't be. And they're like, God's like, I'm answering your prayers. You know, I'm st he's standing at the door. And so right now, I want all of us to go into this new year repenting of praying without really believing. And everybody said, amen. All right. 
And this is Matthew 19, verse 26. It says this, as Jesus looked at them, this is our main scripture for today. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Uh, guys, it's time for the church to pray. All right, we saw that on ESPN. I think God's given the, the wake-up call is really the church needs to wake up and start praying. And, in, and most of us, if you've been around church any length of time, you know this scripture, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. It says, if my people, and I want you to know the, the, the main word in this, in this whole scripture is if. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal, heal their land. It's time that, and I understand we've got a lot of, there's a lot of bad stuff happening in the world today, right? There's stuff happening that I never thought I would see that my grandkids are seeing. And, and I want a better place for them. Well, it's not going to happen by me sitting around complaining about it. It's going to happen by me praying what I'm supposed to do and taking action in, in the areas that I'm supposed to take action in. And it's called If My People. And it's not just, it's going to affect our society. When we pray as a church, it's going to affect us spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, relationally. It affects every arena of life. It even affects this earth and the climate that we're in. I was driving out west of Leedy here a couple of days ago. I was wanting to go out there and go coyote calling. And I was driving out west where I used to live. And, guys, it looks like a wasteland out there. I mean, it, we need rain so bad. And if you know the word, in the word, every time rain's withheld, is there something going on in the earth that's not good? And so we need God to intervene, and so we need to be praying for rain. I, I saw J.W. this morning before he went back. He's our little prayer warrior for rain before he went back to Children's Church. And I said, are you praying for rain, J.W.? He said, yes, sir. <laughs> and so be praying for rain. We need it. But all of that fits into that Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Now, I'm going to give you five things real quick. This is not the main uh, points of my message, um, but I'm going to give you five things real quick that came from a book. If, if I've got any book readers in here, I'm going to give you a good book to read. And it's called Pray First by Pastor Chris Hodges. Pray First by Pastor Chris Hodges. And we as Christians, we're even guilty of this, that we wait. Oh, has it come to that? Has it come to praying? <laughs> That's kind of our last resort. Our first resort ought to be prayer. I'm talking from big decisions down to small decisions. Pray first. And so I'm going to give you five things real quick about this. The priority of prayer. Mark 1 verse 35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus, if you, if you study the Gospels, Jesus made prayer a priority. It was the first thing that he did. People were wearing him out, coming to him at all hours of the day and even at the night, but he still got up because he knew I had to spend time with the Father to fill my cup back up and, uh, and, so, and, and have that fellowship with the Father. And so you've got to make prayer a priority. Make it the first thing, not the last thing. The second thing is the place of prayer. You need to have a place to pray. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be at church on a Sunday morning. It can be in your pickup, your car, you're traveling or whatever, you know, or you've got a place set up at home, you have your own little closet set up or whatever, or a little prayer garden. But Mark one thirty five says, again, it says very early in the morning, so he made it a priority. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He went to a place where him and his father could be alone, and they prayed. 
and, uh, and he prayed to him. The third thing is the plan of prayer. Rabbis uh, in the Old Testament, uh, they, they, when they teach, and Jesus did this because Jesus was a rabbi as well, they, they taught an outline. So whenever the disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray, he gave them an outline, and we know it today as the Lord's Prayer. And this is in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. It says, This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And so Jesus, that's... We don't, in a lot of time, where I learned this was when I was about in eighth grade or seventh grade when I was in junior high, you know, praying this before a ball game. That's where I learned it at in the locker room. That's where Mark and I both learned it at. Didn't learn it in church. We learned it in playing sports. And thank God for that. But it's a, it's a model to prayer. Really, the first part of it, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's where you worship the Father. Your kingdom come, your will be done. You're, you're, you're talking about before my needs, I'm praying for, for God's needs you know, his kingdom to come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then you spend time on your needs. Give us today our daily bread. And then and then forgive us. And then you need to, you know, relationships. God knows that we're in relationships. So you got to walk in love for faith to work. Amen? How many realize that you run into people and you got to, you learn immediately, I got to walk in forgiveness? Okay. Anybody had that happen this week? I had it happen several times this week already. You know, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I come home in a bad mood, and Jada's like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, well, I'm not walking in forgiveness right now. That's one thing, you know, and you're in my way, and you're talking to me. <laughs> so I'm going to take it out on you. And that's what we do. That, that's, that's exactly what we do instead of walking in love and forgiveness. And so she was, she's my Holy Spirit junior, by the way. She always knows there's something wrong. I was like, yeah, somebody texted me today, and they rubbed me the wrong way. And, uh, and so and then here's number four and five, the power of prayer the power of prayer is praying with the Holy Spirit, uh, with the Word, the Holy Spirit. That's the power of prayer. And then the fifth one is the persons of prayer, and that's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and how you relate to each one of those in prayer. And I don't have time to teach on all that, but that came from the book Pray First by Pastor Chris Hodges, those five things. Now, I'm going to go back to last Sunday, and if you were here, I, I used this scripture in Mark 11, verses 22 through 24, what Jesus said. This is after Jesus cursed the fig tree, and then the disciples were astonished and amazed because they saw that it was withered up. It died. And so Jesus tells the disciples, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Everybody say that. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, and is not doubt in his heart. So notice this. Jesus goes from tree to mountain. You talk about an upgrade. In, in praying, okay, it's one thing about praying over a tree, but praying over a mountain, his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Now, once you notice, you got to believe first, all right, and then it says, uh, and I underlined it the three times, I'll go back, three times, he says, three times, says, says, says. So you need to be talking about it three times more than you're believing about it and speaking to that mountain. The other day, something my, my daughter's doing, and I love this, and it came out yesterday. Taya was telling us that before she puts Jarrett to bed, and she does this with Ava as well, but she'll tell him, she'll just start 
uh, speaking positive, faith-filled affirmations over them. And so Jarek, he's three and a half. He's going to be four in June. And so she was telling me one day, she said, she said Dad, one of the things I tell Jarek is he's going to be a mountain mover. And uh, I was like, honey, that's awesome, you know, that you're speaking that over them. I said, that's awesome. And she does that almost every night when they pray before they go to bed. Well, the other day, uh, Friday night, he stayed with Poppy and Nana. And uh, where I'm still trying to catch up from this, okay? <laughs> I'm wore out. But uh, stayed with Poppy and Nana, and we went and got him. And as we're driving, he's in his car seat back there. And just out of the blue, he goes, Poppy, he goes, guess what? And I said, what, buddy? And he goes, I'm going to be a mountain mover. And I was like, man, I love to hear that. That's faith talking. And uh, I said, yes, you are, buddy. And you can do it even right now at the age of three and a half. You don't have to wait till you grow up. And so what I'm telling you all is not only do we need to speak that over our kids and our grandkids, we need to be speaking it over us too, all right, believing that you can do that. Some of you are self-sabotaging yourself because you look at yourself in the mirror and you talk negative about yourself. Stop it in Jesus' name, amen? God, you're valuable. You're so valuable that Christ died in your place on the cross. Now, I'm going to do an upgrade for us today. So I left last week. We talked about believing and saying three times. Now, I'm going to take you to something to help you know what to say, okay? So I don't want to leave you. So this is kind of like a part two to last week. Um, and so I want you to turn to, if you're there, turn to First Chronicles chapter 4. And most of you, if you've been in church any length of time, you've probably heard this prayer. It's called the prayer of Jabez, okay? And so I'm going to show you in the Old Testament. I'm going to tell you something. This guy in the Old Testament had a grasp on this. And I just want to let you know, all of us here today, we live in the New Testament. We live in the New Testament, and we, uh, we're under a better covenant, and we're under better promises, is what Hebrews says. And so if this, got it, if this guy got it in the Old Testament, we for sure need to get it in the New Testament. But this is what Jabez says. It says, Jabez, and if you'll go read First Chronicles chapter 4, it talks about a lot of just genealogy, beget, 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 and then it pauses, and it stops on Jabez. And it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Right? I mean, that's almost as bad as calling your boy, you know, naming him Sue. Because uh, I'm just telling you, in the Hebrew culture, and it still, it still is today, when you name, you know, a son or a daughter, when you give them their name, their name means something. Like Jarek means, the reason why they gave him the name Jarek, my, my grandson, it means strong ruler. And he's strong. And when he's around at three and a half, he rules the house too. Right? And we're trying to steer that in the right direction. I'm telling you, he, can, he wears me down thin. <laughs> but I love him. Love him. I'm trying to steer that, that, that uh, strong will in him because he got a double dose of it from his mama and his daddy. And so he's double dosed with it. So he's going to be a strong ruler. But um, Jabez grew up, in the, in the Hebrew culture, names meant something. And so he grew up, every time somebody said Jabez, it just reminded him, you're a pain. <laughs> and uh, every time he was called Jabez, it just, you're a pain, you're a pain, you're a pain. Now, I want, I, I'm saying this because last Sunday I talked about when we're praying and we're believing and we're saying, you're going to have to get rid of the victim complex and you're going to have to get rid of the whine in your voice. And just talking about your attitude when you pray. All right? 
And so Jabez had to get rid of this mentality that my mama named me pain, and I've always been a pain my whole life. And so when he starts his, this relationship with God, he doesn't, I want you to, I'm going to keep reading this here in just a second, but I just want you to notice he didn't bring this into his relationship with God. And too many of us are bringing past experiences and junk and bondage and all kinds of stuff into our relationship with God, and it's not helping in any way, shape, or form. Everybody said? In fact, when you do that, it self-sabotages your relationship with God and what he wants to do in your life. It really does. And, uh, and, and the enemy's not even attacking you. The, you know, it, it's you doing it to yourself. You are your biggest enemy. And so you've got to get this mentality of lack out of your life and get the mentality of God wants you to be blessed and wants you to have abundance in every area of life. So let's go on reading. It says, So Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. I want you to notice he didn't pray. I'm just, these are little, little nuggets that I got from this when I was really meditating on this scripture. I want you to notice that he did not pray, Lord, deliver me from pain first. He said the first thing he prayed for, God, bless me, enlarge my territory, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. See that? He didn't say, Lord, deliver me from pain and then bless me and then enlarge my territory. When you start getting blessed, enlarging your territory, you know that God's presence is with you and he's keeping you from harm, he's protecting you, you're going to be free from pain. You're not even going to be thinking about, you know. So too many people are thinking about their past and bringing that into their relationship with God, and you can't do that. You've got to be forward thinking, not backwards thinking. Get rid of the rearview mirror, amen? Keep looking through the, the windshield. So here's four things from this out of that passage of Scripture. Number one, pray for blessings. Psalms 5 verse 12 says, Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous, you surround them with your favor as with a shield. God wants you to pray for blessings. Some of you in here have not because you ask not. Some of you in here believe that you're not worthy, you're not righteous enough, you're not any of those things to, to pray for blessings. Pray for blessings. You're a child of the Most High God. You're a son and daughter of God. Pray for blessings. Start acting like a child of God. Amen. And in Genesis chapter 26, and somebody says, well, it, you know, you're starting to talk about this prosperity stuff. Pastor, yes, I am. God wants you blessed. He wants you blessed so you can be a blessing. I know there's a lot of this, you know, the prosperity teaching, you know, go out there and lay hands on a Cadillac and believe for it. You know, that's, there's a, there's, you can get off in the ditch and, you know, both sides. But the reality is God wants you blessed so that you can be a blessing. All right? That's the reason why he wants you blessed. Not so that you can squander it all on yourself and have a bigger house and bigger cars and all. You know, God wants us to have those things and wants us to be blessed. But bottom line, God wants you blessed so that you can be a blessing. And this is, in, I want you to notice that God's not afraid of the word prosper. So this is in Genesis chapter 26, 
verses 12 through 13. It says, Then Isaac sowed in the, that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And this is talking about it was a year of famine, and everybody's been talking about 2023 is just a year of famine, and it's not going to be a good year. So Isaac sold, meaning he was a giver, in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. I like that. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. God's not afraid of the word prosper, all right, because God wants to bless you and prosper you so that, and he wants to do that in every arena of life. A lot of times we just focus on the, the financial side of it, and that's good, but he wants you to prosper in every area of life. Third John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Okay? So God wants you to prosper in your soul. He wants you to prosper in all things. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. God wants you to prosper in your health. Amen? And so you've got to put faith to this to believe this. Genesis 12, verse 2, what God told Abraham. says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. That's why God wants to bless you, so that you'll be a blessing to other people. All right? Lord, and this is the prayer on, the, on this one under the blessing one. Pray for blessings. Lord, give me more than I need so I can be a blessing to the world around me. God wants you praying that. Pray for blessings. Pray for abundance. Some of you are going to have to start renewing your mind. From you, you grew up in a home of it was always lack, 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 lack. We don't have this. We don't have that. Lack. And you're going to have to change your mindset to a mindset of abundance. And that we can believe for this. All right. Here's number two. Number two, pray for influence. And this goes within larger territory. What that really means is praying for influence. So as these are all progressive, by the way. So as you start praying for blessings and prosperity, what's going to happen is you're going to start getting more influence. So God's going to start enlarging your territory. And this is in Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work in us. Pray for influence. And this is the prayer you want to pray. Lord, use me so that my life might make an eternal impact in the lives of others. All right? And guys, you can, and this is not just for people in the ministry. This is, this is on your job, wherever you're at in life. God wants to use you so that you can bring life to other people and make an eternal impact in the lives of others. Uh, Wes is not here today, but Wes Wooden called me this week, and uh, he said, Pastor Mark, he said, uh, uh, I was, he goes, I just need your help with something. He goes, I was with somebody the other day, and they needed healing in their body, and I knew I was supposed to pray for them, and I didn't. He goes, but I'm going to see him again in the next couple of days, and he said, I just need to know what I do. And I said, here's what you do. Lay hands on them and just say, I'm just doing what the Word says, what Jesus said that we could do, and I'm going to pray healing. I said, I've, I'll always ask before you do it, of course, but I said, Wes, well, here's the deal. I have never had anybody turn me down. You know, when I say, hey, can I pray for healing over you? I never, you know, and then you just lay hands on them, just speak that, and you know, that'd be a long prayer, and that's all you got to do. And so, and it's not just for the pastors. All of us are to be doing the work of the ministry. Amen. Because your circle of influence, you're going to see and run into people that I'll never see and run into. And so you can do it. The ministry of the believer. All right. Here's number three. Pray for his presence. So as you pray for blessings and prosperity, as you pray for um, the second one was, uh, what was the second one? The second. 
pray for influence, enlarge my territory. As you pray for that, these are progressive. So you, you pray for blessings and prosperity. You pray for influence, enlarge my territory. The third thing is, is you're going to have to, God's going to enlarge you so much and, and cause things to happen in your life so much that you're going to realize, God, I can't do all this without your presence. And so this is what happened to Moses in the Old Testament. God said, you know, you're going to be the deliverer of, of my children Israel and all this. And he said, you know what, God, if you don't go before us, I don't want to go. And so that's, you got to pray for his presence. And this is Acts 11, verse 21 says, the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. And when you study this out in scripture, the Lord's hand always means his presence. I want God's hand to be upon my life. I want God's hand to be upon your life. Because I'm telling you, when he's with you, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible. And I'm going to tell you something. I, I grew up, um, has, everybody, every one of us has something that we've had to deal with in our lives. Mine was, it's not in the, my dad's here this morning. It's not, it's not my dad's fault. It wasn't my mom's fault. It was just something in me. And it's, it's from our fallen nature, okay? Because we were all born into this Adamic nature. And when I was, um, this was after I got into the ministry, um, I knew that God was calling me into the ministry, and I had such an inferiority complex. Anybody ever dealt with that? Yeah, I felt very inferior. And some people covered up with pride and arrogance and all that stuff, the insecurity. Um, I, I would let you know, I'm insecure. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to cover it up with pride and, and arrogance. I'm, I'm insecure. I don't know what in the world I'm doing. And the reason why I was there is because I always believed what the world said, that I had to go to seminary to be called into the ministry. I didn't have that degree. And so I had this tremendous inferiority complex. Guess who also knew that? The enemy. All right? So he was using that against me. And, um, and anyway, I, uh, when I started serving in a church and just working in a church, and then I, I, uh, I knew God was calling me in the ministry and, uh, and I had a pastor at that time, you know, thank God for pastors that will raise you up and release you into ministry. Amen. I had a pastor and I didn't know it at the time. Now I know it since I'm 20 some years into this, but I had the pastor at the time tell me, he said, Mark, I just, uh, it was basically kind of one of these kind of talks. You need to calm down just a little bit. Um, you're, you're too on fire for God. And in fact, I don't see you as a preacher or teacher of the word. I see you doing administrative stuff around the church. Well, that was really encouraging, right? And that, that really fed the inferiority complex within me. I was like, okay, even my own pastor don't think I'm called, right? But God, I know that you called me. And later in life, I figured out the pastor that I was under at the time was even more insecure than I was. That was where that came from, from him, Okay. And, um, and so, and I've, you know, walked that out, forgiveness and all that stuff, but I still, but anywhere I would go, even though that came from him, anywhere I'd go, I'd got, I'd go, God, I need a prophetic word, you know, about what to do tomorrow, you know, and God's just like, Mark, just live day by day, live by faith. No, I need, I need a prophetic word on just how to get out of bed tomorrow. This is how, that's how insecure I was feeling, right? And here's a scripture that really ministered to me, still does to this day. Because there's still times I get insecure, feel insecure, and I'm just like, no, Lord, that's not from you. I'm secure in you. I'm called by God. I'm your son. Um, you're with me. And I have to have, do a little self-talk with me, right? Anybody else like that, or is it just me? 
all right? Am I talking to anybody in here this morning? And so there it was, and so and just overcoming that, the deal that the enemy lied to me that you're not enough, Mark. You're not enough because you haven't done this, you haven't done that, you haven't. Do- and so here's the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 6 says, Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He had made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And God said, Mark, you don't need a degree letter on the wall. You're in the, you're in the Holy Ghost University, the Holy Spirit University, and you're called. And so that helped me get over that. And this is where you pray, Lord, be with me, because what you've called me to, to is too big for me. All right? Um, because whenever you start going in this progression uh, to this point here, pray for his presence, you've started to realize, I can't do this in and of myself. i got to have the hand of God upon me, whatever it is in life that you're doing. And here's number four. And I don't mean to scare you because we're not, we have an adversary. We're overcomers. We already know the end of the chat, I mean the end of the book. We win. You're, you're, a, you're a conqueror. You're victorious. But you've got to still operate in that by faith because we live in a fallen world. And so as you're doing these things, as you're progressing in this prayer of Jabez, and I want every one of you to start praying this every day over your life, okay? But what you're going to realize is you've got an adversary, so you need to pray for your protection. Okay, pray for his protection over you and your family. And this is 1 Peter 5, verse 8. And I'm just telling you these things so that you'll just be alert. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And it tells you what to do in verse 9. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. That's how you overcome the enemy. And that's how you pray for that protection. Psalms chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 says, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. God is your deliverer. Amen? And then the last scripture is Romans 8, verses 35 through 37. One of my, these are some of my favorite scriptures. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Knowing all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. You're more than conquerors. No matter what thro- is thrown at you this year, you're going to be a conqueror. Amen? You're going to come out on top. Here, here it is. God causes all things to work together for the good. I had a pastor tell me one time, said, Mark, if it's not good yet, then God's not done. Because he's going to cause all things to work together for the good. Lord, strengthen me. This is what you prayed during this. Lord, strengthen me in and rescue me from every attack of the enemy. Because sometimes you're going to find yourself in the middle of an attack, so you need God's strength. And then sometimes God's going to rescue you from an attack. Be obedient to what he tells you to do. There's a, and I'm just going to say this right here, praying for his protection. There are some battles you don't need to fight. There are some people you don't need to minister to. Okay? That's why you've got to walk this out with the Holy Spirit. Some people are sent to you just to drain every drop of Jesus out of you. And you've got to be wise enough to realize, I can't help them. But, and I'm saying this, and I know that sounds harsh and hard, but here's the deal. 
I've been doing this for quite a while now, and the enemy will send people to you to drain you. And you've got to know the difference. You've got to know the difference. If it's somebody that really needs help and wants help, you're there to help. And the reason why I say that is because when I first got saved, I had a Messiah complex. I'm Jesus to the whole world. I got Jesus in me, so I'm going to go save everybody. I'm going to go get everybody saved. And, Je- and the Lord told me one day, Mark, you're not me. And I haven't called you to every person that you see and that's around you. You've got to be, you just got to know. That's why I pray over our church, Lord, send us the right people. Because I don't want to be wasting my time or their time. Amen. Time's too short. Time's too precious. Does that sound too hard? <laughs> okay. But you've, you've got to learn, and, and there's, here's, a, here's a good word for you for 2023. Sometimes the best word you can say is no. And you'll have a lot of peace when you do that. I used to be a yes man. Yes, 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 yes man. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do whatever you... And then I found myself just wearing myself out and none of, and about two or three things were maybe what God called me to do and the rest of it was just stuff I said yes to because I didn't take time to pray first because you can wear yourself out. One of the tricks, let me give you a little something else, a little sidebar here, a little nugget for you. One of the, one of the schemes and strategies of the enemy, and it's back, it's in Daniel 7 verse 25, Okay. But it's talking about the Antichrist when he's on the scene. It's a prophetic word about the Antichrist when he comes on the scene. Is But the spirit of Antichrist is already at work. It was, by, it was at work in Paul's day, okay? The spirit of Antichrist. But Daniel 7.25 says what the Antichrist will do to the saints is he will wear them down. Okay? So the spirit of Antichrist is at work. So when you're saying yes to everything and you're not praying first, and you're trying to be, you got this Jesus complex on you because you're trying to be Jesus to the whole world around you, you're playing in the enemy's hand that he's wearing you down so that you're no good at all. I'm, I'm here to do a punch. Amen? <laughs> That's why God put me on this earth. And it's like that Rocky movie. You know, he said, he said Rocky, you're old. You've gotten old. You're not as fast as you used to be. We're going to have to get on the weights. And so that when you hit him, his ancestors are going to feel it. You remember that speech he gave him? And that's what I feel like with me. I want to be so tuned in to what the Holy Spirit's saying that when I punch the enemy, he feels it. He feels it. Amen. Instead of this going around and I'm just little pinches here and there. You know, I want to punch the kingdom of darkness. That's why God put me on this earth. I'm Rocky Balboa in the spirit. <laughs> Amen. Uh is my Adrian. <laughs> I'll stop now. I won't give you my Rocky impression this morning. Okay, here's the here. Yeah, I'm fixing to get knocked out. Yeah, is uh, okay. Summarize. I want you guys leaving here today praying the prayer of Jabez. Okay, last week we talked about believing and saying it. Now I'm telling you what to say is the prayer of Jabez. Praying, praying blessings over you, your family, your marriage. Praying for more influence. Praying for His presence praying for his protection because this is the year to think possible. And everybody said amen. amen. All right, I want everybody to bow your heads in here this morning. And I just want to make sure that every one of you, before you leave here today, um, those that are watching online, there will be people that listen to this on the radio next Sunday. 
I always do this every Sunday is just to make sure that everybody here knows Jesus as our Lord and Savior because the Bible says that you have to believe in your heart and then confess with your mouth what we've even been talking about, and that's how you get saved. And so that's out of Romans chapter 10. So what I want to do is lead you in a prayer of salvation. And even if you are saved and you know it, I want you to repeat this prayer with me and with them. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you are the Son of God, and you died on the cross for me and rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins and create a clean heart in me. Renew my spirit so I can hear your voice. I accept you as my Savior. You are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Did everybody learn something today? Okay. So you're going to walk out of here praying the prayer of Jabez, praying blessings, speaking blessings, praying for influence to enlarge your territory, praying for his presence, praying for his protection. And this is the year to think possible. So I want everyone to stand up. And I want you to join hands there with the person next to you. Jada, will you come up here with me? And um, we're going to speak this blessing over you guys today because I believe in the power of the blessing. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you, and may the Lord give you his peace. May the Lord bless your going out and your coming in today. May the Lord anoint you to fulfill the divine destiny that God has given to you. May everything that is brought against you be crushed by the protection that God himself shall provide. May you be blessed in your health. May you be blessed in your relationships. May your children and your children's children be blessed because they are the heritage of the righteous. From this day forward, as you submit yourselves to the Christ of the cross, may your lives be filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that surpasses all understanding. May your home, as the word of God says, be as the days of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it. And everybody said, amen. Hug somebody's neck and say, it is possible with God. All things are possible.